Hi everyone, this is Sunny and welcome to my podcast. So for today's episode, I won't be talking about Reply 1988. <laughs> well, I just felt the need to express my insights relating this matter as it caused um, steer to K-drama fans yesterday. Well, um, supposedly, um, season one is gonna be like still gonna be about Reply 1988, so there's still gonna be um, upcoming episodes. And this episode is for season two. So <laughs> my season two is already ongoing despite not finishing season one yet. But anyways, okay. So the, the item that I'm gonna be discussing today is about um, direct Eric Matty's tweet yesterday. So he, he kind of caused a controversy on the Twitter world when when he tweeted um, this one. And his, his tweet reads, um, the daily top 10 most viewed on Netflix shows so shows us how our movies and TV are doomed in the future. K-drama galore. Foes in the real stories with bellified actors whiter than white. And it's all about love in the midst of this pandemic. Well, um, with all due respect to direct Eric Matty, I think his, um, his tweet the impression of his tweet for me is that he is blaming the audience relating to how he sees the future of Filipino films and TV. Like, it is true that, I think it is true that there are a lot of Filipino Filipino fans who are into K-dramas. But be, as be, being someone who is like them, allow me to... Um, give my insights as to f- why we are into K-dramas first. <laughs> okay. So, number one, I think K-drama stick to their storyline. Like, no matter how high the ratings are, they don't extend the episodes for the sake of extension. I mean, because like, one observation, one of my observations, because I also watch um, Filipino dramas, one of my observations is that when a drama rates in the Philippines, they tend to keep on extending it. They tend to keep on adding episodes that sometimes the viewers already lost track with what the original storyline is. Unlike, say, for example, in K-dramas, you can have, they have like, um, mini dramas like 8 episodes 10 episodes they also have like the typical 16 to 20 episodes as well as up to 24 episodes but if you want to watch like the historical ones they have like up to 80 or 100 episodes but I think regardless of the number of episodes that these dramas have the important selling point is that they still have a definite storyline like which gets the audience um, really hooked because the scenes that they portray actually make sense and they are necessary for, for the drama. Secondly, um, K-dramas do not have love themes. So they are actually, I think, on the casting side, they kind of select actors and actresses who will, who will have chemistry and also, who will personify the characters of the story. It's very rare for K-dramas to actually, for, for their actors to work together again as maybe like a co- couple if it's a romance-themed drama. 
And secondly, um, I think with regard to the, since there is no love team, K-dramas allow audience to take part in rooting for, like if it's a romance drama, who is better for the lead? Because like, even though even though we have, even though we, we know that there are like lead actors and actresses, but K-drama also gives us that second lead syndrome that um, it makes the the second leads very good as well that audience would sometimes root for them and made it made us like empathize when he doesn't get for example the girl you see like i think that at that point it the key drama it involves audience with regard to it 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 feels it feels like we are involved on the characters as well because we are rooting for them and um, we empathize when something happens to them. <laughs> Third one, um, I think K-dramas have this, um, they are able to, how can I say, they're able to, they're, they're successful when it comes to giving greeting episodes. Um, I think K-drama fans are victims of one more episode, one more episode, one more episode, without us realizing that, oops, it's already like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And it's because um, how they end the episodes is something that makes us curious as to what will happen next, that we actually want to know, we, we, we want to know immediately, like, what's next, what's next? So we just end up watching couple more episodes <laughs> number four is um on on his tweet that it's all about love in the midst of this pandemic um i'd li- i'd like to disagree well k-dramas aren't always about romance there are actually diversities when it comes to k-dramas again as i mentioned earlier we they have like historical dramas which features like the the rich culture of, of the monarchy of of their history they also have like crime thrillers revenge stories they also have like romance of course they have rom-coms they actually they, you you can choose different genre of your interest and i think um i think it's okay it's also okay if you watch love in the midst of this pandemic because if that if that is something that keeps us sane in this crisis, why shouldn't we do it? I mean, I think this crisis calls us to look for ways for us to still function as normal beings despite despite um, despite our world being changed into something that is not not normal. So um, I I I I don't see the problem with like watching watching k-dramas in the midst of this pandemic because if if that um k-dramas keep us sane keep drama k-dramas um keep us company on this crisis k-dramas also keep us entertained (laughs) okay so another one is uh, the fifth one is i think it's the original soundtracks i think for for k-dramas um they have this particular osts which like which would make the audience remember whether it's a sad a happy 
or an intense scene, the the uh, how can I, the dramas have OSTs that even though I don't speak Korean, I think like it comes with a melody that whenever if ever I would hear that song, it would remind me of the scenes of the K drama that I, that I've watched. So that's another one. And also, I think OSTs sometimes introduce. Um, people or introduce the fans to singers or sometimes to K-pop idols which they later on um, admire also. Number six is styling. So for me, I think in K-drama, they are successful in um, how can I say? In personifying the characters that sometimes or oftentimes like when like say for example when actors have their fan meetings they would post like several pictures and you would actually identify which k drama they are based on the pictures and that is like how um the styling is very important on k drama like say like for example um park sojun he looks different when he was on five for my way he looks different when he was in What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. And he also looks different when he was in Itaewon class. <laughs> you know? You see? It's a... It's, uh, and also, like, K-drama some, some, somehow sets the trends. The, sets the trend for, like, fashion. That's why I think there are a lot of Korean online shops in the Philippines which sell, like, um, dresses and clothes that are kind of reflect the Korean fashion. And um, the last one is, I think it's all over because of marketing. <laughs> um, one is like when he, when Direct Matty said that um, faux Cinderella stories with bellified actors whiter than white. I think it's it's not because like they're bellified or yes of course they go to still like derma and stuff but what dramas promote is like skincare <laughs> and we all know that Filipinos are also crazy about the Korean skincare routines and um, the trend now is about having glass skin and who who are the trendsetters for this the Korean actors and actresses like they are the eye candies also of the dramas, which some people would be actually motivated to watch because like their favorite actors or actresses are on the drama. But you know, like the key beauty products, I think it contributed a lot also to their economy because the Korean drama fans tend to patronize as well those products that are being used by their favorite actors and actresses. Another one is how they shot like food on the drama. What's one popular um, what is one popular Korean dish which Filipinos love? Samgyeopsal, right? <laughs> See, like K-dramas have this way of shooting food that it actually makes me want to eat Korean food. Like sometimes I I 
like sometimes it's it's not good to watch K dramas at late late at night because it would make you crave for like ramyeon. It would make you crave for tteokbokki. It would make you crave for jajangmyeon, something like that. That 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 um. And the, the actors and actresses are also very good on how they, like, they just, they eat. And say, for example, when I watch Weightlifting Fairy Kim Bukju, it felt like samgyupsal is really good, that it really made me want to taste what samgyupsal tastes like. Like, I want to eat samgyupsal, something like that. <laughs> and then the last one is filming location. Um... I think Korean dramas have been successful in choosing their particular filming location as well as in putting up their set to a point that they that some of them would later become um, tourist attractions to Korea. Like I think fans um when they watch a drama and like it pretty interests them because like me i'm i'm also like guilty of this one i tend to research like what which places are there uh, like um which particular um, places in korea did they shoot this drama and um how can i go there like i want to see all i want to get the feels also of of um of that location and i think like say for example there's actually one Filipino drama which I think was able to establish this one, which is Forevermore of Enrique Hill and Liza Soberano. I think when the, the community that the drama feel that the drama built was um, La Presa, and I think it was like noted that there are a lot of visitors while they were filming, and like visitors just want to visit La Presa as well. So yeah, so again, um, to sum up. I think these are the reasons why we are hooked into K-drama. Number one, they stick to their storyline. Number two, there is no love themes. There is second lead syndrome. Number three, episodes, uh, ending episodes are gripping. Number four, the diversity in genre. Number five, OSTs. Number six, styling. Number seven, marketing for skincare, food, and filming location. So, I think um, for direct... Um, I think it's for the the Filipinos have a lot of creative writers, directors, and talented actors and actresses. Um, instead of instead of seeing K dramas as a competitor, maybe somehow let's view it in a way that um it would maybe perhaps perhaps inspire the creatives, the Filipino creatives, to evaluate or like to reassess um, what is working and what is not working on the production team or on the on the creative itself that would that makes the viewers not watch the local films or local TVs i am not saying that we have to like copy how the k dramas work but maybe the creatives have to like reassess um, what makes audience interested or what will make the Filipino love Filipino films and TV. So um I I think like on the 
on the movies that were recently released in the Philippines, I think we 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 still have a future. We still have a future for TV and films. But then again, um, it's up to the creative teams on how, like, are they willing to risk, for example, letting go of the love love teams? Are they willing to risk letting go of ratings? So I hope, um, I hope the Filipino creatives will be able to find a way so that um, there will be more love for Filipino TV and films. And yes, so and also, uh, yeah. So um, so for direct Eric Mati, um, please do not blame the audience for choosing which film or uh, which shows would keep us entertained during this pandemic rather maybe take this as an opportunity to see what kind of craft the filipino creatives have to do after this pandemic that's all thank you and this is sunny